Hello and welcome to the UK Scriptwriters Podcast with me, Danny Stagg. Me, Tim Clegg, in the cafe. In the, in the cafe, we're in the cafe in Dorchester, so we're in situ, in pub-up situ, and we're here today with a TV writer, Martin Day. Hello, hello, hello everybody. Hello. Thanks for joining us, Martin. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, we wanted to talk to you because we thought it would be interesting to talk about breaking in as a TV writer, mm. and then what happens once you do break in? Does the system take care of you in a way? Can you rely on the system to do certain things like we read in books and that we're taught at certain lectures and stuff, you know, when you go to screenwriters festivals and things? How does the system actually work and whatever? Yeah. And just see where the conversation took us from. Not that you're a beginner. That makes it sound like you're a beginner, mine, but actually you've been doing it for donkeys, mate. I've been doing it for quite a while. I mean, I think think in, in script terms... We must be talking, getting on for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do wonder whether, I mean, obviously, every writer's going to have their own story, their own experience of how any hint of progression might have worked for them. And of course, the other interesting thing is, I suppose, you, you, you only ever hear from, hear about those who are really successful. Um, I remember going to listen to. Um, was uh, Jimmy McGovern a little while back and of course you know some sort of this, this amazing outrageous genius found a way in and has tips and stories to tell yeah the rest of us sort of plodding along find our own way yeah I mean that's why we wanted to, that's why sure. we do the podcast mate is because yeah. in, in, in some cases just if you only hear from the the one percenters yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't actually. You can sometimes feel you, you you're not doing very well, or that you're behind the curve, mm. or you're not as good as they are, or whatever. But actually, through the support of speaking to other writers on the front line, the troops, yeah, yeah, you know, in the trenches, then you realise actually I'm doing all, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. No, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it is really nice sometimes when uh, I've been lecturing at Bath Spa recently. And one of the things I had to do was, was put together uh, a series of clips from my episodes of Doctors. And because I'm no longer working on Doctors and it didn't end in an entirely satisfactory way for either party, I'm sure, um, you kind of start to feel negative about your own work and you're thinking, oh, it's only daytime, oh, it's only yeah. a 20 minute. And then actually I look back at some of the stuff, some of my later episodes, and yeah. I thought, no, sod it, I'm really proud of some of these episodes. Oh, some, some, of the, some of the writing that, that you're able, some of the characters, some of the stories that you're able to sort of throw in front of two million people. Well, that, that's, yeah. that's not half bad. Yeah. Um, well, it's better than the other way, that when you look back yeah. at it, you go, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. well, I, just I just phoned out. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What, yeah. what well, you, you mentioned Doctors there. Yes. Um, just to put, let's put that all into context if you see what I mean what is what was your career like over those 20 years what have you you been up to for 20 years okay well it all started off for me with a thing that sadly no longer exists called Taps with uh, Jill James and Di Culverhouse and uh, (laughs) this is the moment when I realised that Taps is no longer running are you saying it no longer exists I don't think it's existed for quite a little while oh my goodness at least 10 years yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. That just passed me by that that's finished. Anyway. Probably, probably ought to explain what Taps was. <laughs> yeah, you better. The, uh, there, <laughs> the are, <youngsters. laughs> there are equivalents now. Um, what's the one at the BFI? Um, the, Rockcliffe. The, the, back, back, back to Rockcliffe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the basic it's idea. Like that, wasn't it? It's very similar to that. The basic yeah. idea behind Taps was you uh, various people pitch scripts. Certain scripts are selected and performed in front of, in front of a bunch of invited TV and film execs with the idea that this is going to somehow sort of um, uh, be the springboard to, yeah. to, to your career. Um, and what happened in mine was I sent the script in. I think it ended up being 30 people were chosen for a course at uh, HTV Wales in Cardiff. Was it HTV or ITV? Anyway, in Cardiff. Um, and I think six out of that 30-odd were actually selected and they had actors in. And OK, the actors are on a theatre stage reading from a script um, but you get various people in it's on Sunday night you ship people in and then you wait for the phones to, phone to start ringing and of course it never does but what did happen <laughs> is that Di Culverhouse who ran Taps phoned up about a month later said oh how's it going and I said well nothing's really happened but I really enjoyed the experience I learned a lot it was lovely seeing for the first time ever really, of course my, really, my, really. my words come, come to life on, on a stage and she said, well, would you be interested in me, me representing you? Because we've also got, a, got an agency. And through that, obviously, Diane Culverhouse being um, very well attached, having quite a sort of a background in, in script editing and so on herself, she said, there's a show called Family Affairs on Channel 5. Again, we're going back to so far, I couldn't actually get Channel 5 at this point. Right. It's late 90s, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's in the late 90s going into, going into the... <laughs> not into everybody can get Channel 5. No. So you were like, not only have I not heard of that show, I've not heard of that channel. No, that's right. <laughs> and what is this in Channel 5? Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Channel 5 was this very strange, when it first launched, you know, only about half the country could get that's it. That's right, that's right. Uh, anyway, I found a way of watching the show and she got she got me on to Family Affairs and that, that was my, my first TV gig so literally from sort of a standing start yeah it was a tea time to, soap wasn't it really it was a tea time soap yes it was um, the episodes would go out at uh, lunchtime and in the evening as well on, on Channel 5 um, and it was a very EastEnders e kind of soap um, really good characters the best thing about it um as I, I think any soap lives and dies on its characters and it had some really strong characters it had some really good actors in it um, it taught me an awful lot about literally you are presented the way that family affairs work different soaps work slightly differently the way family affairs works is you're given the outline of your episode even down to the approximate order of the scenes it's not like right, EastEnders right, right, right. Uh, you, 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 know, you may or may not know that EastEnders there's an awful lot of structuring that the writer, any one individual writer will do on their episode. With Family Affairs, it was given to you on a plate. Right. Um, so you're just, you're just story fleshing story it out. Fully storyline. Right. You were effectively writing dialogue. Dialogue, yeah. But, hey, you know, I, 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 yeah, was, yeah, I was there for a year start. and you learned so much. Did and you, you have to do a trial episode? Uh, yes. Sample scenes I, I did a sample scenes and then a trial episode and then, and then a full commission. How so long, actually, how long has this already then taken, though, Ryan? Because, like, there's, you know, two ways of telling that story. Yeah. Or, no, you tell the story one way, but there's two truths, which is, one, that could have all happened in two, three months. Well, that could, you could have covered three years and like you were just getting started in writing and you, you applied for a lot of stuff but you got into taps yeah. you know like you know did, was, it, was it overnight it or? certainly wasn't overnight right. I mean I, I think 
the idea of the overnight success in almost any field, you actually look at them and you think, no, that was years and years of hard work. Well, yeah, that's I mean, the bit we want to hear. About. Yeah, that's right. I'd, I'd already been writing um, probably five years okay. at that point. Wow. Okay. I started out. Uh, well, I started out after my degree. I started out in the general media field in terms of I was in a publishing working for a publishing company for two years right I was actually on the Guinness Book of Records okay if you phoned up and wanted to break a record or right. wrote in yeah that shows how long ago it was yeah it wasn't email if you wrote in saying I want to break the record for this yeah. I would be the person that sent sent you a, oh, a reply okay. so I did that for two years I like the way you phrase that I was on it you weren't yeah. in it no he wasn't in the Guinness Book yeah well my name's in a couple of couple of versions when we back then they had quite quite detailed credits on, on the book itself anyway yeah. so I was I was working for Guinness, Guinness Publishing for two years and then obviously as far as I was concerned I, that, I did that straight after my degree I literally was on the dole for about three or four weeks I was very lucky in that regard and you think it's an opportunity. These, this is a yeah. company that certainly back then, yeah. before it got sold to the, to the Americans, uh, back then it was, a, it was a company that was aggressively looking for other factual books, other yeah. fact-type books. Yeah. So... They did a movie one, didn't they? They did a, they did a film... Guinness uh, film record which is one of my favourite books absolutely I mean mean, at at this stage they published a full encyclopedia they were publishing all sorts of I mean they must have had a range of about 40 books a year they were putting really really nothing to do with the Guinness Book of Records it just had the Guinness name on yeah 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 so we so some friends and I eventually pitched we pitched a book on comics that didn't quite go anywhere it was a little bit too niche and then we pitched an idea we've always loved television television drama in particular and we wanted a book of reference yeah that would also be quite fun and opinionated yeah, and yeah, so yeah. we put we pitched a book and it was went to various meetings yeah. and i was actually in on these meetings which is always quite fun um anyway long story short we had a, a well two editions of a book published called the guinness book of classic british tv okay and it was all about sitcoms and drama and plays yeah. in the history of British yeah. television. So yeah. it, 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 it was everything from Secret yeah. Army to Doctor Who to the yeah. Avengers to good fun putting that Henry together, Hicks, whatever. Yeah. And um, the great thing about that was I was watching lots of TV for you know for a year or two years when we were working on it. We watched tons of TV, which I'd always done anyway. And then you start to analyse it, and so perhaps. That's where some of the sort of the, the, the nuggets of me thinking, well, I could do better than this. Somebody <laughs> has to write it, you know. There, there are these famous people, and of course, uh, you're very aware of the famous names of, of back then. You know, yeah. being a Doctor Who fan, it was Robert Holmes and, and uh, Malcolm Hulk and all these people who had, you know, Malcolm Hulk would also write for Crossroads, and you know, you, yeah, yeah, you had yeah. this idea that writers, TV writers, had careers. Yeah, um, <laughs> which was quite oh. funny in itself. Oh. Just listen to the sadness. (laughs) Danny, listen to just that phrase that he's reminiscing about the times when... The good old days. The good old days when TV writer was was a job, it was a career. It was a career and it was like something you could be respected about. And people would look up to you and look out for your name. Is this what you were thinking then when you were doing Family Affairs, that that your TV career was about to kill? It was was going to... Yes, I mean, you, you certainly feel that 
there is going to be this progression. That this yeah. is this is a step, and it's no not denigrating the program, but it is what it is. But yeah. this is the step here, yeah. and then there's going to be another step that follows, and it's slightly yeah. higher up yeah. towards Maybe whatever. You'll be on that, Doctor Who, and then you'll be on Doctor Who, yeah. and which didn't even exist. Didn't at that exist. Point. <laughs> it was in its in its pause. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you genuinely yeah. felt that. And, and quite where this attitude comes from I mean certain people did genuinely tell you there is a progression you will do yeah. this for a few years because I remember talking to one writer um, very early on I think I'd done one, two episodes of Family Affairs he said oh wait wait until you rack up 30 or 40 and then you'll be able to do this and then this will happen it's like oh okay well let's see what happened I mean as it turned out I was only on Family Affairs for a year but learnt a lot yeah how many episodes did I turn? I think I did ten or eleven. Well, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, so it was, it was perfectly fine. Story. I had a really good summer. I think I was the only person who, of their writers, who didn't actually have a summer holiday that year, which was great for me because they phone up and say, "Oh, we, oh, haven't, we haven't got anybody else, and we, and we need." Yeah, 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 so, yeah. so fine. I'm, I'm not going. Happened not to be going anywhere this yeah. year. <laughs> so I was right place, right time, and then it comes to an end. I think the quality of my work... I was still learning so much, yeah. and I had so much to learn. I think my last... Certainly my last episode, I was handed a bit of a poison chalice. One of these things that is all about... I think I had the Christmas Eve episode, right. and I was setting up the Christmas episode, yeah. Christmas Day episode. And the trouble is with the Christmas Eve episode was it was all about the setup. Nothing interesting happened within itself. Yeah. Now, if I was writing it now, I'd like to think... I could find the drama, I could yeah. find the nuance, I could find the something, the oomph yeah. that it needed. But the episode as it went out was very much lacking in oomph. Yeah. And I, I, they didn't ask me back again. In fact, I got a letter, a new producer took over, there was a cull, and I was one of the many right. writers who was culled yeah, at yeah, that yeah. moment. Yeah. But I thought, oh well, not the end of the world. <laughs> and then the months go by, yeah. and to be fair, you know... My agent was trying really hard, but you can't magic these things out no, of the... No. So there was, a, there was a long pause after that. Yeah. There was a long pause. I'd nearly got on the, on the archers. Um, but again, I'd never, I'd never really listened. I mean, yes, at least I had access to Radio 4. Um, <laughs> but I'd never, I'd never really listened to it before. So it was, it was all about learning. It was all about listening yeah. and approaching a... Which maybe we'll come on to later but it's not necessarily the best way of, of doing something it, it's not coming out of love it's coming out of yeah, 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 where's yeah. my next gig coming yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway I, I can't remember exactly how long it was but it was a good two or three years before I got onto Doctors and literally you know there is a hole in the CV yeah and there's nothing you can do about that what were you doing day to day spec scripts I was just... doing spec scripts I was probably write, still writing books at this point right. um, I made the jump from factual books about television and film to actually writing original Doctor Who novels right so I was busy yeah uh, I've never not been busy I've never not worked hard but yeah. certainly in TV terms it did look for a while yeah. like oh well that was it that was that, that, yeah, was, yeah. that, was, that was a one off is it worth mentioning in that brief tangent way getting into Doctor Who novels because a lot of people mm. would be interested in that perhaps some people would be happy with that just, just like, yeah. they'd be aiming for that you well, absolutely know. I mean, I mean, you must have loved it I absolutely loved it I've, been, I, I've, I've always been a Doctor Who fan and I mean, the is idea this, of is this still pre 
New Who. This is this is this yeah. is very much pre Who, uh, uh, pre New Who. I did I did make the jump to, to write one with David Tennant on, right, the, on, right, the, on right, the cover, right. and yeah, that was great because you're suddenly talking about whereas the previous book might have sold two thousand copies, you're talking sixty, yeah. eighty thousand yeah, copies, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not because the book was no, no, no that much better. Yes. In fact, it, it was not even as, as good a book as the previous one I'd written. But it has David Tennant on the front. Yeah. It gets into <laughs> W. H. Smith's. It gets yeah. into Tesco. Yeah, you yeah. can go into Tesco, and while you're picking up your groceries, there is my book. Yeah, yeah, it's a very yeah, weird yeah. experience. Yeah. But how I got into that was Virgin Publishing had the rights to do original Doctor Who fiction back in the days when it wasn't on TV. And Peter Darvel Evans, who was the editor at the time, was a was a was a visionary, creative, wanting people wanting the people who'd watched it to write it, right, and to sell it essentially sell novels to the fans who were still yeah, there, and yeah. there were still lots yeah, and course, lots of fans. And so a whole bunch of us, a lot of whom have gone on to great careers in TV and beyond pitch to write these novels I mean so much forethought so much um, such an opportunity yeah. that I don't think yeah. um, was certainly very unusual yeah. and, and it was even more unusual now it was quite unusual back then literally people who'd never written novels before never really? written before really? it was open to anybody who wanted really? to send stuff in and uh, I was obviously in that vague world got one uh, accepted back in the virgin days had my first Doctor Who novel published, which was main, you know, most people consider it probably one of the worst Doctor Who novels ever written. So you have this great well, moment it of Wikipedia. It would, it would almost certainly say that. Yeah. It would almost certainly say that, and I would probably, you would probably find a quote where I say much the same thing. Right. It was not very good. Right. So you have this great high of wow, I finally, and I'd already written an entire novel, but it, I suppose wind back a bit more. How did I get that? I wrote an entire novel on spec right. while I was living in Gibraltar and sent it to Peter and he said, oh, it's not quite right, we won't publish it, but you've done an awful lot of work and you can clearly write a bit, pitch something else, and yes. I pitched something else and that one actually got, uh, got picked up. So by this point I'd written one novel, I'd written a second novel, that one had got published, I was so excited, my name, the Doctor Who yeah. logo, in shops... And then I read the Doctor Who monthly review and... <laughs> it burst your bubble, let's put it that It way. very much burst my bubble. Um, yeah, and so there are, there are peaks and troughs uh, at every point in, in, in one's writing career. And that was very much a, a peak and a trough at the same time. Um, but yeah, so you carry on and, and you think, well... Okay, it's not the best in the world, but I've done it. I've shown that I can write eighty thousand yeah. words, you know. And there are characters in it, and hopefully the story just about moves from A to B. And you learn from it. And so I, I ended up writing some others. I wrote with my uh, friend and colleague Keith Topping. I did some books with him, partly as a way of reassuring myself, almost that I, that I could write. Let's get somebody else in and deflect a bit of criticism, and and um, you know have a have an editor working alongside yes. you as it were yes. you know, so yes. that perhaps you end up making less mistakes yeah. and then, then you get your confidence back yeah. and then I did some solo books and yeah I wrote quite a few you know a fair few yeah. I wasn't, wasn't one of their more prolific writers but I was no, quite right. quite happy that I was quite good, good. that yeah. sound good yeah so what was the break into Doctors the break into Doctors was quite an odd one because 
Now here's a really good TV tip. Everybody eventually leaves <laughs> the position they're in. So if you've blown it once, you just wait. You just wait. So... Go back. I had just started writing for Family Affairs. There was this new show. It wasn't even called Doctors then. It was called The Practice. And in fact, I think it was also called, at one point, called something else. And my wife's a GP, and I was just starting in TV writing. And, and, and my agent, okay. then, my then agent, Diane, said, well, clearly, let's put two and two together. Yeah. There's this new BBC daytime show set in a GP surgery. Yeah. You've got to have a crack at this. So... I was sent some early scripts. I started pitching some ideas. Um, in fact, I think the person that I was nominally assigned to was Faith Penhale, who later went on to effectively run drama out of, out of Wales. Um, so she went did amazingly well. Uh, anyway, I was assigned a scripts editor, and I did abysmally badly. I was pitching some terrible stuff. And it just wasn't working. Right. And They're probably like, is this the Martin Day who wrote yeah. the worst Doctor Who novel? That's right, yeah. that's right. Yeah. He's now trying to write right. the, the, the worst Doctors. Doctors. Yeah. Um, so after a while of unsuccessfully pitching and just not getting the show, um, I hadn't even, hadn't even come on, as I said, I hadn't been transmitted yet, but I just didn't, yeah. I, was, I, was too, I was too green, I, I wasn't right. ready for it. So it was sort of, told I was let know that this perhaps wasn't going to really work out so I, I just waited waited for the programme to come on I started watching it I probably until relatively recently I had watched pretty much every episode that ever went out right so I waited I started watching it I started to get used to the characters I started to get used to how the programme worked and then Doctors did uh, what was back then a fairly regular thing they did of trying to get a new bunch of writers in. We went to a day in Birmingham. I can't remember how, how I even got there. It must have been sending a spec script yeah. in. Um, a bunch of us got there. We got, some, we got some teaching from people who were already writing for the show. A couple of the actors dropped in. And eventually, eventually, you keep pitching ideas. They kind of like your stuff. You've jumped through quite a few hoops already. Mm. And then you get your first doctors. Um, so yeah, so so my sort of tip for that is just wait for people to leave because it was it was clearly not working with the previous bunch, and I wasn't ready. Yeah, I waited to be ready, and by then different people are in charge. The trouble with that is though, <coughs> those people are also going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's, a, it's a sort of revolving door. Uh, it is. I mean, lifestyle. Yeah, the the amount of times in general, and and not even BBC stuff. You know, um, I remember I was in the running to write for Tracy Beaker, and then somebody got malaria. My my contact got malaria, right? And so somebody else was put in charge, and then she didn't know me, which is yeah. fine. And so that didn't happen. And then the amount of times you yeah. establish a relationship with a script editor. And then they leave, and yeah. they're not able to take take them take you with them. Yeah. Um, or you pitch an original show to somebody, and they really like it, yes. and then it goes a bit quiet. You send them another email, and then you get a message from somebody else. Oh, they've left. It just happens all the time. It yeah. is a real revolving door. And again, back to this idea of how the progression used to be. There was this idea that you used to stick with a script editor get a good working relationship with the script editor they would go from program A to program B to program C and they'd kind of follow them yeah 
that's really hard to do now because the script editor's power is much more limited. Yeah. Um, certainly in terms of commissioning writers. I, I, I wonder if it was ever true though. It's it, I've got no evidence. No, you know, because you, you'd have to interview some much even older writers. Uh, yeah, people yeah. have been writing for that long because it, it always seems, well, anyone we've spoken to on the podcast, which in and of itself we're doing, we've done for six years or yeah. something like that. People always say it used to be like this, but now it's much more transient, mm. much more fickle. Yeah. But we've never actually uncovered anyone that talk, that's you know says it was ever. Yeah. No. It, it would be interesting. I mean, you know. certainly that's that's the impression of the of the you know when you hear the even older writers talk, that's the sort of thing they say. Yeah. And it, and it's absolutely true that the the role of the script editors has changed. These sort of classic shows that I was brought up on, you know, your Bergeracs and your secret armies and your what have yeah. you. Um, the script editors were almost always writers. Mm. And they would often write on different shows, become a script editor and then and then go off and write again. And yeah. they'd get their mates yeah, in to yeah, write yeah, episodes yeah, and that's yeah, just yeah. how it worked. Yeah. Now a script editor is often a very junior role, which some which can mean that you're being script edited by somebody certainly much younger than yourself and probably less experienced yeah. and yeah. even if they are that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad script editors of course but the way the script editing uh, role is now it's the first step on the road to production producer, yeah. it's not about writing so yeah, much yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. so almost all producers started out as script editors which yeah. is fine it's just very different from, from how yes. things were do you think it's the fact that there's been a slight disconnect so we've still got that term script editor mm. people are still thinking maybe incorrectly so it would seem from what we talked about today that you can stick with them on the way up but in fact we're probably in a way trying to schmooze up to the wrong people mm. in a way yeah. it's a bit like really we should be tacking along with executive producers or producers or someone that's actually has got the got commission in absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. so I, maybe as writers we're right. not always tapping up the right folks or trying to do you know what I mean yeah no I think, right I think that's absolutely true I mean I got on uh, later on on Doctors when I actually used to go on set because my early episodes just I sort of left it and yeah saw what you know saw the end, end result for the first time along with everybody else as I got more confident I'd say oh do you mind if I no, 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 of course you can come in and then you'd actually meet the producers and meet the people yes, who, yes, yes. who possibly have have more clout yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. again uh, you know one doesn't wish to have regrets but if you look back you think well I should have been doing that much more quickly and yeah. I should continue to do that yeah. wherever opportunities arise well live and learn isn't it of course it is absolutely well you had a good run of doctors I had a pretty good run of Doctors. It felt very frustrating at the time because I wanted to write more. I always wanted to write more. I ended up doing about one episode every nine months. Um, so that's not a living, is it? It's not a living, and the amount of work... The way that Doctors works is because... And the brilliance of the way that Doctors works is that every episode, almost every episode, is a self-contained story, as well as the serial. So you strip away the serial, and you've got a little 20-minute play. Yeah. You've got to pitch that play, and in order to get that one play, that one story of the day accepted, certainly in my case, maybe other people were were um, were different and, and, and more lucky, and yeah. the numbers stacked in their favours. But I was pitching sometimes ten, maybe even twenty ideas really? for really? everyone that got got somewhere. And you're not just pitching a paragraph, or at least I wasn't. As script editors got more used to me, they would say pitch a paragraph first. 
because then it's much easier to say, oh, you know, if you send them six yeah. paragraphs, go for that one and that one. Yeah. Then I'll then develop it into a yeah, two-pager. Yeah, yeah. But back in the day, I was doing, I was coming up with two-pagers, which is not an inconsiderable amount no, of work. No, no. Sometimes a two-pager can, you know, perversely take more time yeah. than actually the script work. Yeah. But you're coming up with a two-pager, and often those two pages would go through three or four drafts really? before they'd be shown. Oh, really? The research. Yeah, the, re- the research and, yeah. and the sort of the, just just the general sort of, ah, oh, where am I going to get the next bunch of ideas from? Um, and this is this is being married to a GP, and you'd think that, you know... some, some of, me about your day Yeah, day. exactly. And some, some, of the best, some of the better ideas did come that way. You know, you know my, my, my wife would say, well, this happened today, and obviously... You know, do it in a certain way, and I say, well, dramatically, it would work better this way anyway, etc. But I mean, that um, just doesn't stack up from an economics point of view, does it? No, because the one, the one. What do you mean in terms of production of the show? No, payment for the writer. Or yeah, what? from a well, point of view of you know getting one script mm. that you get paid for to cover the amount of average, let's say, ten, ten times two page ideas where you've really got to work out the beats of the story and yeah. get your head around yeah. all that and the characters and you're thinking about all that it's like it's not like like Danny said really it's not much of a living is it like, it, it isn't and, and as I say to be fair looking at it from the other point of view you can imagine these poor script editors absolutely drowning yeah. in, in submissions yeah. and all they want is to get the programme made yeah. and I completely get that which is why if you're uh, lucky enough uh, you are on a contract and then your contractors write a certain number of episodes per year and then often the way it works is that I've never been on a contract so this is just what I'm told um, you can be shown what the serial is and so right. you can make your story of the day fit the serial right, and right. that often can work really well um, and it means that, again you can come back to pitching maybe paragraph ideas yeah, 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 in yeah. the first instance um, so the I'm not saying the contracted writers have it easy, but at least the system works a little bit better, yeah. perhaps, in that regard. But Doctors, to its credit, still wants to take on new writers. Yeah, it's always and, break in. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And so I don't well, really know what the alternative is. Well, you so, uh, you, it's you, the official Well, yeah. yeah. So BBC way. Well, let's, this is the thing, isn't it? This is the, the, top, the topic of the story of the yeah, day. Story this of is the, the day. story of the day. Because, you know, everyone says that, but then is it, is it true? Because I remember you being frustrated, Danny, that it maybe you didn't do more for Doctors or that it didn't lead to elsewhere. Martin saying the same thing, even though he did more episodes, he felt that you couldn't grow. I mean, you've got to remember, of course, that these stories about how... You, you work your way up. Was back when the BBC used to actually make 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 drama television. Now it outsources the making of drama television. It can't have, it can't offer a career progression when it doesn't actually directly hire many writers. And that isn't that isn't that the, well, the issue. You, I mean, yeah, right, it gets your foot in the door, but it gets you in the foot in the door of doctors. Yes. Yeah, so well, I'll tell you the irony of my situation. Just to rebound that mm. new one. Is like I got my doctor's opportunities. I did two. And I had two more ideas kind of spiked that were ready to go, mm. but they weren't using quite yet, kind of thing. And I got frustrated with that whole process. But one of my episode of Doctors, which I thought was my weakest, went down quite well, apparently. Yeah. And somebody phoned in the duty office and said that was a really good episode of Doctors. And so I had actually that day complained to the script editor saying it was useless. And <laughs> yeah. uh, 
But that call to the duty log got me my first stab at EastEnders. Oh, wow. So that was quicker. Yeah. However, I did get rejected by EastEnders yeah. then. I had to wait another year or yeah. so to get my second chance. But I did get a chance at EastEnders. Yeah. So it kind of, the system did work for me there. Well. But in so, a roundabout way. So yeah. uh, Martin's already given us two top tips today. Our third top tip is get your mum to phone up. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Because it obviously Absolutely. so rarely happens that it, it was a noteworthy. The producer said we, did, we never get phone call, uh, messages about dogs. Right, so it. it wasn't me or anyone like yeah, that. Right, we've all got to be phoning in everyone. I was actually really pleased. One of my episodes of Doctors had a lot of complaints because we had a we had a girl stripping down to her bra at, okay. at, um, at one o'clock in the one o'clock in the yeah, afternoon, yeah, and it happened to be half term, so all the little kiddies were around. Yeah. So oh, we haven't quite worked, we hadn't quite thought that through. That's your thought, problem, though, is it? No, is it? I thought that was. I was quite pleased. They said, oh, there's been some complaints. They were actually quite pleased. You, you Any could, sort of reaction, reaction is a reaction. You could, you could get in the Guinness Book of Records for most That's complaints. Right. <laughs> most ridiculous. So you're still working on the school of thought of, like, I've got my family affairs, and yeah. if I do my hours, yeah. and if I make my progress, so I've got up to doctors, yeah. so you're now thinking maybe the next step. Right? Yeah. So what's happening for you? Yeah. What's, what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. This was what, in as I say, whoever said it, this is what we... And I, there were other people around me at the time, we were all saying the same thing, this is what we do next. Yeah. We aspire to EastEnders, and then we aspire to Holby and Casualty. Um, and there were opportunities, but it wasn't quite as automatic. And, of course, around about this time as well, the bill stopped. So what happened was, I don't know, 40, 50 really experienced writers... We're suddenly thinking, okay, our revenue stream has stopped. Where are we going to go now? And suddenly they ended up on casualty and Holby, which is fine for them. Um, so commissioning opportunities are less across the board. There are just so many more writers now swimming yes. after those, those few slots. Yeah. And so, yes, your, your, your general point about the BBC not making enough drama, I mean, in a sense, Holby's now about to go out... Mm. Uh, if indeed it hasn't already gone out essentially to tender and to go to a, essentially the BBC is divesting itself of one of its great IPs to yeah. give to an indie to, to make work so what are we saying yes you can get on Doctors and then in theory EastEnders is still BBC and Casualty is still BBC but if for whatever reason those opportunities don't open up to you because I was, I, was, I was pitching there were shadow schemes then I was trying to get on the shadow schemes there was the uh, the the uh, uh, Writers Academy, Script Writers Academy, trying to get on that. It didn't happen to work for me. Okay, that might be because my specs and my scripts weren't good enough. For whatever reason, my face didn't fit. Who knows? Yeah. At the end of the day, one of the brilliance and frustrations of, of any sort of writing is that you're dealing with subjectivity. You're dealing with people looking at your script one person might like it, another person might think it's rubbish. Yeah. Absolutely nothing you can do about that. For whatever reason, I didn't get any further. And as, as you imply, it's actually going to be harder now because what you need is not just a relationship with the BBC. What you're implying, and you're right, is you need a relationship with this independent producer and that independent production Which company. Which is much, much harder yeah, because you've there's got so to many hold of them. 20 plates up in the air at once. I mean, I'm not sure even now I'm getting onto a rant, and I'm, I'm doing it completely from a point of view of ignorance. So I'll, I'll sort of admit that because I've not been part of that system. But it seems to me with a lot of those up-and-coming schemes that they do, they're sort of offering jobs they haven't got. Mm. 
They're saying, come and do this sort of like, get onto the academy or whatever. But in fact, we don't actually make anything anymore. So it's a bit like going for an apprenticeship at a firm that's well, the in a factory the, that's closing. The academy thing was like you were guaranteed a commission on each, but then you often see on those academy writers' CVs they get one credit on each yeah, and nothing that's else. They just because, never... as Martin said, there's there, there's there's already there's someone already filling those shoes there, isn't there? Mm. You know, if, if, if a writer's lucky enough, they've got their regular gigs on those shows. They're not they're not naffing yeah. off somewhere else, are they? Yeah. Where are they going to go? You know, there's nowhere else to go, almost. Absolutely, and I don't think it would be betraying confidence or saying anything completely out of turn. I know the Writers Guild, which I'm now Wessex rep for, um, has problems with the current shadow schemes. Right. Because they just aren't the guaranteed slots at the end. Um, So if you get ten people on a shadow scheme for casualty, ten people on a shadow scheme for Holby, etc., the figures... I don't think they're in the public domain, but I'm pretty sure that the figures for those that actually then went on to get a proper right. episode are maybe one or two tops yeah. per okay. batch of ten. Well, that's yeah. just not not helpful for those programmes as much as for those writers. Yeah, you're, you're not right. building those writers up, and you're not really bringing on a whole stream of fresh writing for the, for the shows themselves. I think it just shows to show what we've always said, though, Danny... You know, on the, it's been almost like the theme of the podcast all along. It's like you've got to almost take take control of your own yeah. career and yeah. make, sort of not rely on those schemes or as, to, to, as a way in. You've got to forge your own way. I mean, there's still a lot of telly being made, mm. and there's still a lot of writers in work, but you don't need, you don't. It's not got written by it. Someone writes Top Gear, mm. but no one thinks I'm going to apply for that. Or yeah. there's no shadow yeah. scheme for that. No, there isn't, no. mate. But somebody's writing it, yeah. and it's a good show, and it's well known, and so on. And they're going to need a lot of gags because <laughs> they get through <laughs> them quick. And there's just, you know, you need a lot of gags with the same type mm. formula. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of turnover there. But you know, there's a lot of TV being made, so there mm. must be a lot of writing opportunities out there. But perhaps what I've learned today from what you're saying is that the old traditional routes mm. are closing and so we've got to work harder to find our own new yeah. off-road routes I suppose I, th- I, th- I, th- I think that's true I mean obviously as, as we said at, at, towards the beginning you know if you talk to a more successful writer they say oh well that, yeah. that, that might have worked for me well that's fine that's absolutely <laughs> yeah. fine yeah. Um, so perhaps we're wrong um, but certainly I, again the impression from other writers I talk to and TV people I talk to is that everybody's very cautious Everybody's almost hyper-cautious. So you've got the same names doing the Orford show, the mm-hmm. shows, the sort of the three episodes, the, the, the one-offs. Yeah. And the, and the big prestigious stuff. That's, yeah. that's a certain type of person yeah. far beyond the, the yeah. likes of you and I. Yeah. And, and then, you've got, then you've got a whole load of shows in the middle, you know, your casualties and whatever. But even within that, there aren't mm. the opportunities anymore. There isn't a bill. There aren't sort of very many shows that churn out you know, 50 episodes a year or whatever, if you happen not to get on them, yeah. where do you go? Yeah. And as, you, as, you, as you've said, and I'm sure, you know, people listening who are, you know, writing for television or thinking about it will probably already know that, that there are an awful lot of people. You know, every time you apply for something at the BBC, um, I can't remember what the last thing I sent in was, but you get us on an email back with a, with a number and you're thinking, OK, well, if I'm number 1,000... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's still 24 hours to go before the deadline. What are yeah. they going to get? Another, another 200? That's yeah, 1,200 yeah. people. Yeah. 1,200 
probably quite good. And yeah, th- these are things that you good. you need a pretty good CV to yeah, even yeah, get yeah, that yeah, far. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it's twelve hundred people with a fairly yeah. reasonable CV, yeah. my sort of level CV, well. There's well, there's, a, there's just too many of us. <laughs> I, used, I used to do, uh, back in my day, the equivalent of your Guinness uh, Guinness Records days. You know, I used to do some work with um, HR companies. Mm. And they, they had a sort of motto, you like, which was, as soon as a job is advertised, it's too late. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's something writers have to take on board. It's like you, you're trying to get in, like your Thunderbirds story almost, and you're trying to get in before... You know they're even looking. Yeah, yeah. you know, so that you you write in there, and I think sometimes as writers we're a bit passive or reactive, yes, rather than being proactive. But mm. you know, we always mm. try and say here, but it's hard because you've got to actually think about it and yeah. think what's coming out, who's going to be doing it, who could I get to in touch? And it's hard to get in touch with these people because they don't want you getting yeah. in touch with yeah. them. So you're hustling and you're sniffing around trying to find the best no, way. Right. But if you, I, mean, I think if you can do that, I think that's you've got to take the you're almost looking for these flukes yeah. a little bit. No, you are. Completely. completely. Um, and, and what it means is, is that, uh, you know, I, I had, a, I've had a couple of meetings with a very well-known, very big production company. And they, you sort of send in some specs and they might quite like this one, not so much that when you send them some ideas. And, you know, one, one, one guy I was talking to uh, about a year ago said, well, the way this should work is that we've got a long-running show, we like your stuff, we may even consider something original of yours, but hey, let's get you on one, yeah, of, yeah, our, yeah. one of our long-running shows first, yeah. see how it goes, and yeah. then see what happens next. Probably one hour long. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But if they haven't got those shows, because yes. I think they had just had one of their, what would have been a bankable returning show cancelled, they said, we haven't got one at the moment. Yeah. Um, but you've got to keep trying. You've got to, you've got to, and so as I say, if you can get in touch with Thanks for that, yeah. five, <laughs> you know, five, ten production companies yeah, and keep yeah, all yeah. those plates spinning, yeah. great. So the system is changing in terms mm. of how you break in, even though there are some kind of schemes now and Indeed. Um, specific approaches still in place. But the system is changing how you break in. It's difficult even when you do break in, there's nothing guaranteed. And then specifically, it might be interesting to finish on. After you do build up a mm. good list of credits in the half-hour region, making the all-important jump to mm. the one-hour territory mm. in your prime time territory, mm. really, and the difficulties therein, because yes. you've had some experience with this. Yes, uh, experience in the sense of, of, of finding this very hard. Yeah. Uh, so in the old days, as you say, people would say, well, let's just put you on the... Let's keep you going. Yeah. But now it's just right. like, well, you don't have any more... Just catch yeah. 22 thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have a one-hour credit, so you can't... Write so you can't get your one-hour credit. Yeah. 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 No, it absolutely does, it absolutely does your head in. Um, and I'm not sure what the answer is because I haven't got there yet other than that you keep trying other than you, you have been talking to the right people I've been talking to the right people there's, there's one particular show that um, uh, have been that I've been talking to that, that they have been very generous that they are prepared to essentially because what you're asking then is for a production company to take a punt on you because you haven't got these credits and what then are you bringing to the table well hopefully you're bringing love and enthusiasm for that particular yes, show which you know um, and this is this is one of the things that perhaps you learn or certainly I've learned later on in life is that you can write for shows that you don't love you literally just do research you treat the whole thing to some extent as, as work 
but love does shine through and, and, and a, yeah. pas- a passion for a show shines through and from the other from the other side of the table that's what the production companies yeah. are looking for well, I mean, that's um, because really, because that's in a sense, it's your Doctor Who days. Yeah. So surely that's what you learned Absolutely. in those days. Is yeah, that it was. It was too, you know, wasn't that great and horrible. Yeah, yeah. But you had the energy for yeah. it, so you kept going with it. Yeah, and in a sense, what 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 we, what we said is, that if there are a whole bunch of writers out there with a similar CV to you, what makes you yeah. different? Well, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. this show, and this, you know, my writer on here might like this other show. Yeah. Um, and that perhaps is one of the only differences: our unique passions and interests. Yeah, so good point. Good point. I'm not there yet, but at least I am having the right conversations with at least one yeah. particular. Uh, that's taken company. a bit of hustle, hasn't it? That's it's taken a long, long time. time. It's taken a long time. Lots and lots of very nice, hope well, nice from my point of view, emails. A um, couple of meetings thrown in. A couple of meetings and just. Getting close, but then. Be, 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 yes, getting, getting close and then a knockback, and then maybe it's not all over after all. Um, and actually putting yourself out there is, is something that uh, we said before we actually started recording earlier, you know, that writers aren't terribly good at putting themselves forward, aren't terribly good at blowing their own trumpets, yeah, and maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. are often too reticent about even doing the simple things. Yeah. So in this particular case, what I did was whenever this series would turn up, I would email my contact and say, oh, I really liked episode one, or this wasn't working. Um, and then eventually he'd reply because he was busy. Um, but he said to me the other day, and it was it was really cheering. He said, "I so appreciated your emails because we, in our little bubble, get so little feedback yeah. from viewers. Yeah. And so to actually get a tame writer who's looking at this with a writer's eye and actually maybe comes up yeah, with things yeah, that we yeah, haven't yeah. thought of or confirms the things that we thought were going right and going wrong." Um, he said it's absolutely brilliant yeah. and, and so it was really cheering it's not, it, it was it's really not, nice it's not insubstan- insubstantial unsubstantial what you've done mm. e- either because actually to, to, to watch a show and to to not brown nose it either yeah but to delve into it Danny to get into it mm. to actually think about it because actually a, a, a finished show unlike a script of course is so glossy and mm. slick it becomes almost thus it is. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, that's that's how that's how that really happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's hard to go, oh, this could have happened, this could have happened, yeah. I wish that had happened. So actually you, you're showing off you know a good skill there, but also actually it takes a bit of time, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. This is all extracurricular towards to the agent, isn't it? This is just you. Yeah, this yeah. is just me. This, this is, is absolutely the agent just me. is the system. That's yeah. the old days of like, here's a script of my client. Mm. Please consider him for your show. Mm. Yeah. That system may or may not work. Yeah. It probably doesn't work anymore. No. It's like, oh, my, oh I know Martin because he's gotten in touch with me already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, nice yeah. to meet you, AJ. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like yeah. it all clicks together. Yeah, yeah. Just what you hope, anyway. And that's yeah. what you're hoping. Just <laughs> a little bit of extra graft. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's still, right. We're still ongoing. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely. Never it never ends. <laughs> no, no. Well, on that note, yeah. <laughs> this, podcast, this podcast is coming. Down. Thank goodness. Yeah. That um, was great. Uh, oh, cheers for that, Martin. No, thank you. Thank you. Let's, should we just do a wrap yeah. up then, Danny? Yeah. Of, uh, the normal guff. Yeah, we'll say hello to us online at UK Scriptwriters with on Twitter and Facebook. That's uh, don't don't send us um, either a review 
or don't send us a deconstruction about how this could be better. <laughs> yeah. We're not like the people in my story. We're not interested. In what <laughs> we don't pay anybody to present our <laughs> We've got no money. We yeah. lose money on the podcast, so I uh, don't know. But seriously, yeah, yeah, keep on touch. Say hello to us online, uh, Twitter, Facebook, UK Scriptwriters is the handle. And the UK scriptwriters at hotmail.com is the email. That's right. And uh, you can find this if you found it accidentally. You can subscribe on uh, iTunes, UK scriptwriters, so you'll get that straight into your phone or your Mac or PC every month. So do that if you fancy subscribing and uh, listening in your own time. Yeah, or suggest some topics. We've covered quite a bit, so we yes. think, oh, we shouldn't go over that again. We did say, you know, Danny, we did say in the last one, that we would um, just do ourselves just do ourselves <laughs> which, we, which yeah. Joe then uh, thought turned to some, into some sort of sauna story where <laughs> he seemed to indicate that that would uh, be let's, a sort of a loving where yeah, we just talk about how great we were or something um, so we might do that next time if we do do that then yeah definitely let us know what you want us to talk about maybe from a craft point of view because we've not done anything on craft for a bit for, for, for quite a while uh, and we'll catch you up next time on what myself and Danny have been working on ourselves which has been pretty interesting we've learned some lessons so uh, yeah catch you next time then listeners thanks Martin thank uh, you very much and uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time bye